Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. A very good Friday morning to you. This is Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. Now, the continuous fall in China's producer prices in recent months is fueling concerns about deflation risks and adding to speculation about potential economic stimulus. In the latest official data, the PPI saw its fastest plunge in seven years, falling by 5.4% in June, while consumer inflation was at its slowest since 2021. Overall, momentum in China's post-pandemic recovery seems to have slowed after a brisk pickup seen in the first quarter, with demand for industrial and consumer products weakening. Has the meteoric rise of Chinese consumerism pre-COVID completely gone south? Well, for more insights, we're joined by Dan Wang, Chief Economist of Hang Seng Bank China. Welcome to the show, Dan. And good morning. Happy to be here. Great. Now, let's talk about China. Pre-COVID, we heard a lot about how Chinese consumerism is shaping the world. But fast forward three years, it seems things are not the same, to say the least. What are the biggest changes you're seeing in terms of consumer levels in China now? Well, there is certainly a worrying trend because people are feeling poorer. So when you come to China now, you'll notice that a lot of people are running out about and the willingness to get out to do more tourism is higher. But on average, they're spending less money. So I've been on lots of uh, tours in Central and Western China since the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. You can actually only spend half as much as 2019 to get the same kind of services. Transportation and hotels are all cheaper than before. Mm-hmm. So there is a general sense that uh, the income growth was slow. The job market security is low. Mm-hmm. So people are getting more cautious. So how much of the changes would you attribute it to a uh, flight to safety mindset as a result of the COVID pandemic and China's zero-COVID policy? Um, the zero-COVID policy has certainly made things worse, but it's not a fundamental reason. Even before 2020, China has already entered its downward business cycle. There had been a deleveraged campaign in the industrial sector and in local government debt since 2017. So I was not surprised uh, when we saw the kind of low momentum in China's growth after the opening up from COVID. And there is also a lack of policy response from the central government. Mm-hmm. Um, people had been anticipating more of a stimulus plan. Mm. But so far, it just seems that the government is not able to or is unwilling to stimulate consumption. And a lot mm. of people, especially low-income families, are disappointed in that. Okay, uh, Dan, in many countries, we're seeing this nagging inflation staying stubbornly high. And as a result, the prices of daily necessities like food and transport, for example, have gone up. Based on your experience, what kind of boost or economic policy change really would spur you and perhaps your friends to spend? Well, for me and my friends, uh, since we all live in the largest cities in China, um, Beijing, Shanghai and Shenzhen, Um, The only way to make us spend more uh, would be get more cash. So the income has stagnated this year. Uh, Usually the wage growth is tied to inflation. Mm -hmm. But as we can see, the inflation this year is pretty much zero in most cities. So that hope is gone. Mm -hmm. And now uh, you do see the kind of trend that uh, people are willing to, to spend more on entertainment, like concert tickets or go to some special scenic area and spend more money there. But that's not sustainable. 
-hmm. In order to ask people to spend more money, mm -hmm. that means they have to be more optimistic about the future of right. their job, about the future of growth. And that would require actually more a direct stimulus for the family. Mm. And most of Chinese families now are quite constrained on their spending. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they don't have liquidity. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you, if you do the cross-country comparison, Chinese families are still the most liquid in the world mm -hmm. in terms of savings. A lot mm. of them have put money in the bank, but they don't want to spend. Mm. So how to make them feel safer to get the money out, to buy homes again, to buy cars again, um, that would require more active response from the macro policy. Now, the new leadership is getting used to their new job, so there might mm. be some changes in the second half. Oh, what kind of changes are you expecting to see? Um, the changes now is mostly in narrative and not so much in substance yet. Mm -hmm. um, so far, the biggest change or surprise in macro policy was the cuts of interest rates. Mm -hmm. Although it was only 10 BP in the last month, mm -hmm. it still gave people some hope that there might be more. And in rural China, there was more targeted approach to help people afford more expensive electronics, uh, mm -hmm. including the fridges, air cons. Uh, especially when it comes to the low-carbon emission household uh, appliances, mm -hmm. and there were more help uh, from the local government. But as far as we know, uh, most of the city and county governments are quite constrained mm -hmm. in their fiscal revenue. So there is also a lack of scope in how much longer they can sustain this kind of help. Talking about prices, uh, how prices of goods are moving at the moment? How is foreign consumption of Chinese goods doing? Uh, foreign consumption of Chinese goods actually has been holding up quite strong um, because uh, the U.S. economy has been doing better than many people had hoped. And the overall export to the Western world had decelerated since April. But when you look at consumer goods, especially the customized consumer goods in clothing, shoes, and some kind of uh, special products, uh, electronics, that the demand through the e-platform is quite active. And to Europe and European countries, the export uh, has continued its high growth momentum. Um, but domestic consumption has been quite weak. Mm. So the overall industrial production uh, hasn't kept up uh, with the kind of uh, demand that actually domestic small businesses require. And the government has been quite worried that mm. the exports might decelerate even further in the coming months. So um, there is a stronger urgency that we have to find more ways for mm -hmm. domestic consumers to spend. Just taking stock of uh, everything now, during the Mao era, the three big ticket items that nearly everyone across China wanted were a sewing machine, bicycle and a wristwatch. And people went to great lengths to get the best options of those items. Can we draw any parallels with any of the trends we're seeing now? And if so, any specific big ticket items consumers are going for currently? Chinese families used to be quite uh, cash constrained. Mm. And those things you mentioned were basically required for mm. a new family. Mm. Um, if anyone wants to get married, they need to buy those things first. But now it seems that the only necessity for a young person is just a good smartphone. Uh, and this year, the smartphone sales has slowly picked up pace comparing to last year. But still, given how big the middle class is in China and still a quite large population of young people, 
the spending on smartphone is also going down. Since in the past 10 years before COVID, um, people have spent tons to upgrade their smartphone already. Uh, everyone has one. You can't live without it. But when it comes to other kind of large items, a new, en- new energy vehicle is a kind of new fashion. But it's a very limited population that actually is looking for uh, one latest version of NUVs. It's more considered as a toy. Mm. Um, for the middle class, it's nice to own a Tesla or a domestic brand. But many people are willing to wait since the income growth might pick up next year. So it might be a more wise decision to wait it out. Hopefully, uh, the latest moves by uh, President Xi to extend the olive branch to private businesses could help things along. Thank you very much for your insights today, Dan. Uh, It's my pleasure to be here. We've been speaking with Dan Wang, Chief Economist of Hang Seng Bank, China. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.